In the 2016 movie, The Secret Life of Pets, that claims to show what pets do when their owners are not in their house. Okay, I don't know if your pets are like that or not. I don't know what they're doing at home. Uh, Probably Lily and Millie are fighting each other just now. I certainly don't think our fish do anything but swim just in circles constantly. Uh, But what is clear is that whether our pets do have a secret life, what we are sure is that people have a secret life. A few years ago, scientists from Columbia University, they conducted two surveys which identified that 96% of the participants had a secret that they were keeping from everybody else. The average number of secrets people kept were 13 secrets, five of whom they'd never shared with anybody. And they also found that those secrets had a detrimental impact on their physical and their mental health, causing stress and even impacting their work performance. So secret lives can be can cause us real problems. We're not designed to have a double life. We don't thrive when we hide who we really are. And that's certainly the case when it comes to our Christian lives. We're not designed to keep our faith in Christ a secret. We're not supposed to live a double life. You know, be a Christian when we meet together as church and then keep it all a secret when we go home or when we go to work or when we hang out with friends. So this morning we're going to look at two guys in the Bible who initially kept their faith secret. But when they stepped out of the darkness and let their light shine, they they impacted this world and they served God in a truly unique and crucial way. So we're going to get the Bibles uh, open. It's John chapter 19. And we're going to read from verse 38 down to verse 42. So John chapter 19, verse 38 down to verse 42. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one has ever had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. So Joseph and Nicodemus were in a challenging situation. Joseph was from Arimathea, which is about 20 miles northwest of Jerusalem. And Matthew tells us that Joseph was a rich man. 
Mark says that he was a prominent member of the council. That meant he was a respected and powerful religious leader. He was part of the 70-strong member Sanhedrin, the ruling council, the high court of the Jews. But this wasn't just a power trip for Joseph, because he was a sincerely godly man. Mark also tells us that he was waiting for the kingdom of God. He was, he believed in God's promises and he was eagerly longing for the coming Messiah, God's anointed one. And when Jesus appeared in public, Joseph became convinced that Jesus was that Messiah. He was that anointed leader. We read in verse 38 that Joseph was a disciple of Jesus. He'd put his faith in Jesus. He'd made a commitment to Jesus. Now, we don't know how that happened. Maybe he was impacted by what Jesus taught. Maybe he was in the Sanhedrin when those temple guards came back and reported that no one ever spoke the way this man does. Or maybe he saw or heard about Jesus' miraculous signs that John recorded in his Gospel. That actually was what convinced Nicodemus, his friend, that Jesus was from God. Nicodemus was was also a member of that same ruling council. He was a respected Bible teacher. But when he met Jesus, he said this, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. As we saw last last year when we looked at John chapter 3, when Jesus went on to explain the gospel of this new birth that happens the moment we put our trust in Jesus, Nicodemus initially didn't get it. He was confused. He just couldn't get his head around it. But later he too became a disciple of Jesus. He too put his faith in Jesus. Maybe, we don't really know this, maybe it was Nicodemus who introduced Jesus to Joseph, his friend. But however it happened, these two respected and prominent religious leaders became followers of Jesus. But they had a problem. The problem was the majority of their peers, the other religious leaders, the members of the Sanhedrin, they had a very different view of Jesus. They believed Jesus was an imposter. That he was a blasphemer. That he was a dangerous rebel who threatened their position and their power and also could bring down the the wrath, the fury of Rome on them. And so as we've seen throughout this gospel, these Jewish leaders, 
They opposed Jesus. They tried to silence Jesus. They tried to arrest Jesus. And ultimately tried to kill him. It says in John chapter 11, from that day on they plotted to take his life. And that's not all. These leaders also tried to persecute anyone who decided to follow Jesus. In John chapter 9 it says, They had decided that anyone who acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. Now that was a serious threat in those days. Not only would they be excluded from worshipping God, they would also be treated as outcasts in their own society. It would mean a loss of their standing, their position, their community, and maybe even their own lives. Do you remember when Lazarus was raised from the dead and people were starting to turn to Jesus because they saw Lazarus there? The chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. So to be a follower of Jesus was a dangerous thing. So what would Joseph and Nicodemus do? They sincerely believed that Jesus was the Messiah, and yet they knew the cost of following Jesus was so great. Now, we're in a different kind of situation here in Ireland, thankfully. But we do face similar kind of challenges, don't we? Many of us here this morning believe in Jesus. We have put our faith in Him and we've committed our lives to Him. And yet to openly declare our faith in Jesus, to stand up for the truth of the Bible, to share the gospel is costly. To do that, we're going to be criticised. We're going to be ridiculed. We're going to be condemned. Maybe we're even going to be left out. Treated as outcasts by our family, by our friends, by our community. So what should we do? Well, Joseph and Nicodemus, they made a choice. They chose to conceal their faith. They didn't reject Jesus. They didn't give up trusting in him. But neither did they take a stand for him. Earlier on, when the council was discussing the case about Jesus and what to do with him, Nicodemus stood up and he questioned the legality of their proceedings. He asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him? And then when Jesus was in trial, in front of the Sanhedrin, Luke tells us that Joseph had not consented to their decision and action. Whether he was there and he said, no, I I object to that, or whether he was just not present, we don't know. So although they didn't go along and be part of what these, these leaders were doing, they didn't come clean and openly declare that Jesus was their Lord. Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. Joseph was afraid of what his community 
would think or do to him. So he kept his faith a secret. And that's possibly why Nicodemus is known as the guy who earlier had visited Jesus at night. He wasn't willing to come to Jesus during the day in case other people saw him. Now I think from a human point of view, we can understand their decision. It seems to make sense to us. But God was not honoured by this. John wrote in John chapter 12, Many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Joseph and Nicodemus were motivated by fear. And underneath that fear was the fact that they cared more about what people thought of them than about what God thought of them. They wanted to please people more than they wanted to please God. And so although we might struggle with this, folks, we must not follow Joseph and Nicodemus' example. Jesus is not honoured by secret disciples. He said this, Jesus said this, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this generation the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory. How could we put our comfort, our reputation, our relationships, our career before honouring the one who loved us and gave himself for us? If as we saw last week, Jesus went willingly to the cross for us. How could we say that standing for him in our generation is too great a cost to bear? Surely, Jesus deserves more than that. So Joseph and Nicodemus dishonoured the Lord when they kept their faith secret. But, but at a crucial moment, a moment they decided to take their stand for Jesus. They changed their mind. They repented of their decision. And this happened when Jesus died on the cross. So we read in verse 38, when Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now the Romans, they were pretty cruel and careless careless about this. They typically just left the bodies on the cross to rot. The lack of proper burial was kind of the, the final humiliation for a crucified man. And as we saw last week, if they could, the Jews, they would have taken Jesus' body off the cross, but they would have just thrown him in a common grave. But Joseph was desperate for that not to happen to Jesus. And so at the very moment when most of the other disciples were were in hiding, 
when hope seemed to be lost, when the enemies of Jesus looked triumphant, Joseph decided to step out of the shadows and take a stand for Jesus. He went to Pilate, the one who had condemned Jesus as a dangerous rebel, and he asked for the permission to bury Jesus. Mark says that Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus was dead already, but when he found out he, he was, he gave Joseph the permission that he wanted. And so Joseph and Nicodemus prepared Jesus' body for burial, according to the Jewish customs. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in, in strips of linen. Thanks, Tony. These two men, these two men were devout in their following of the law. And because this was the day of the preparation for Passover, they had to do this really quickly before the Sabbath came. But when we read down it, we see that this was a sacrificial act of love and devotion to Jesus. Touching that dead body would have contaminated them, would have ceremonially made them unclean, defiled. It would mean that Joseph and Nicodemus couldn't take part in this religious festival. They also immediately made themselves a target of the hatred of the Jews. But they were willing to count that cost. They were willing to take that upon themselves. And they also spared no expense in burying Jesus. Joseph, he provided the tomb. Near to where Jesus was crucified was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one has ever been, had ever been laid. Verse 41. Matthew tells us that this new tomb belonged to Joseph. He'd actually cut it out of the rock himself. So it was a great sacrifice for him to give that to Jesus. Nicodemus, he provided the spices. Verse 39, he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. That was a huge amount. That was about 34 kilograms of spices. The only occasion when this amount of spices were used in burial was when they buried a king. So in this moment, Joseph and Nicodemus did not show just their courage to be identified with Jesus. They also showed their commitment to give their all, their best, to Jesus. Now, we don't know what they were thinking when they were doing this. We don't know if they understood what had just happened. Did they realize that the cross of Jesus was God's plan? Did Nicodemus remember that Jesus had said to him, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up? We don't know. We don't know what they were thinking at the time. All we know is that when most people had given up their hope in Jesus, these two men risked and gave everything to honour the one that they committed their lives to. 
And folks, this is what we are called to do. Whatever it costs, whatever anyone else says, however dark the moment looks like, however impossible it seems, however overwhelming it feels, we are called to take that stand and give our all to Jesus. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote, Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's, God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is not to pay Jesus back. This is not to try and earn his forgiveness or his acceptance. We could never do that. And to try and do that would be to dishonor and diminish his gift of salvation. So it's not payback. But rather, in the light of Jesus' sacrifice of himself for us, we are called to give everything that we are and have as a living sacrifice to Jesus. To give Him everything in wholehearted and extravagant love. So guys, hiding our faith dishonors the one who loved us and gave Himself up for us. Going public with our faith, even when it costs us, is the way that we declare our love for Him and our worship of Him. But it's also the way in which God works through us. I don't think Joseph and Nicodemus had any idea just how crucial their ministry was that day. In doing this, Joseph and Nicodemus were actually fulfilling Scripture. 700 years earlier, Isaiah had prophesied that the Messiah, the suffering servant, though despised and rejected by men, would be with the rich in his death. Isaiah 53 and 9. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. So they were fulfilling scripture here. And so their actions, again, were pointing to the true identity of Jesus as the Messiah. And that identity was also confirmed by use of this new tomb provided by Joseph and with the amount of burial spices. They showed that Joseph and Nicodemus actually believed what Pilate put on top of the cross. That this is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And then also, Nicodemus used myrrh. And I'm sure that many of you, when you think of myrrh, you think of the Christmas story, don't you? You think of the wise men, the magi, bringing myrrh to the one who has been born king of the Jews. So Joseph and Nicodemus, they fulfilled they continued the revelation pointing to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah 
But that's not all they did. Their ministry was vital in providing and protecting the evidence of Jesus' death resurrection. There are actually many in the world today who claim that Jesus did not die on the cross. That yes, he was crucified, but he just kind of swooned, kind of fainted through this because of his wounds. And then he recovered enough to give the impression that he'd been resurrected from the grave. Others, like those within the, is- the Muslim faith, Islam, they claim that God in some way rescued Jesus from the cross before he died. They can't accept that God would allow their prophet, his prophet, to be killed. But the actions of Joseph and Nicodemus show that Jesus was indeed dead. They would never have done this if Jesus had still been alive. So the gospel is that Christ died for sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried because his life was over, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And Joseph and Nicodemus were vital in protecting the evidence of Jesus' resurrection. Think about it. If these guys had not buried Jesus in that new tomb, then his body would have been thrown into a common grave beside all these other corpses. If that would be the case, then there would be no guard at the tomb to prevent grave robbers. There'd be no seal on it to prevent the disciples from stealing his body. There'd be no stone for the angel to roll away. No empty tomb for the woman to discover. No grave clothes for Peter and John to find. So the burial of Jesus in this new tomb This secure, this heavily guarded tomb is a vital part of the convincing evidence that Jesus truly rose from the dead and that he's alive today. And it's given to us so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And all of this was down to Joseph and Nicodemus. We don't have any sermons that Joseph or Nicodemus ever preached. We don't know of any evangelistic mission that these people were involved in. We don't know if they had any leadership role in the early church. But at this vital moment, When everything seemed lost, they stepped out of the shadows and identified themselves with Christ and served Him in this way that has helped millions of people come to faith in Jesus. It was their time to step up and they did. And God worked in power through them.
And today, just now, it's our time. It's our time. We're not called to be secret disciples. We're called to be Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. There are so many people in the world today who are lost and are heading to a lost eternity. They just don't know the gospel. They've never heard the gospel. So are we just going to keep our head down? Are we just going to keep quiet? Are we just going to keep our faith private? Keep safe and hide? Or are we going to stand up and be counted as a follower of Jesus? Are we going to make the most of each and every opportunity to speak up with gentleness and with respect and share the good news of Jesus? Guys, keeping secrets is not good for us. Especially when we have the best news in the world to share. So how are you and I going to step up and serve God in our generation and let Him use us with all our weaknesses, with all our limitations, with all our struggles to use us to bring others to faith in Jesus?